Good evening, everyone. Praying that God is good to you as he has been good to me. All right, let's go. I don't want to keep you long tonight. I think God has a brief word for you on today uh, that we can just uh, pray that it'll bless us and take us into the rest of this week uh, as we continue our work in the book of Exodus, uh, praying that you all make it to our Bible studies on Wednesdays uh, as we walk through uh, the entire book and we're the life of Moses and children of Israel. It's been a great, great uh, uh, study so far. So pray that it's good. All right, let's open up. Let's start with the praise break moment. It's Black History Month. And as I stated, we're going to try to use some praise breaks from our Black history. And today's praise break comes from a man known as James Mercer. Also, well, born James Mercer, but also goes under the name of Langston Hughes. Uh, Langston Hughes was a poet, a writer, uh, the leading figure of the Harlem Renaissance. And after his first poem was published in 1921, uh, his first book of poetry uh, followed five years later in 1926. He's one of the first Black Americans to earn a living as a writer. Hughes went on to compose many more works of poetry uh, and plays that centered the 20th century African-American experience and remain influential today. Uh, as I stated, he's an innovator of this new literary art form called jazz poetry. Langston Hughes is uh, this leader, this writer, this great orator, and in one of his books, he writes uh, one of his stories, uh, poems or, or stories, he writes the, the book, uh, Thank You, Ma'am, Thank You, Sir, written by, uh, Thank You, Ma'am, is written by uh, Langston Hughes. Uh, it's a story about uh, a kid named Roger, whom they, it depicts of having a dirty face, and he attempts to rob a woman by the name of Mrs. Jones uh, because he wanted to buy some blue suede shoes. So he uh, he he went. He meant to, you know, intends to rob her, but she refuses. She refuses to give up her purse, and uh, as she doesn't give up her purse, she chastises him. And eventually, uh, as you go into the story, uh, she begins to to take him home and teach him some things. And so the the theme of thank you, ma'am, are about second chances, trust. Generational relationships, poverty, and dignity. Uh, Miss Jones provides a second chance to Roger, who tried to rob her. And by trusting and teaching him, he learns that being poor doesn't mean living without dignity. She could have turned him in. She could have gave him up to the cops. Uh, his whole life would have changed forever, but instead, she chose to be kind and to teach him. And I just think that there is a praise break in that. When we think about uh, the days of old, when thank you, ma'am, and thank you, sir, and yes, ma'am, and yes, sir, was a norm. Uh, being that I'm in the healthcare industry and work in customer service, it is now uh, not lawful for you to refer to someone in customer service as ma'am or sir because of the transgender uh, nature of a person that what a person could be. We can't even refer to it anymore. Think about how the times have changed so much that we can't even refer to the, the, 
things that we did in the past to uh, to honor those, if you will. Anyway, so even though she could have turned him in, what's our shout? What is it that we can get from this uh, Langston Hughes story? Thank you, ma'am. Um, we certainly can get from this story that we ourselves have been guilty of trying to rob. Yeah, we've tried to rob. Maybe not physically. Maybe you're not a physical crook, but I believe we've tried to rob God. We've tried to rob God of the praise that he's due. Many of us have taken credit for things that he has done like we did it. Yeah, we've robbed him. We robbed him. There are things that we have robbed God. We haven't given him his due. We haven't uh, uh, given him what he deserved. And we've robbed him of what was his. And I'm so grateful that even though we robbed him, he didn't, he didn't do us dirty. He didn't turn us in. Yet he still teaches. He still keeps us. He still holds us. He still owns us as his own even though we haven't done what we want. So I just wonder for our praise break, can we just say thank you? Thank you to him and thank you like uh, uh, even in the midst of this, uh, Roger had to come to the, the realization that this woman was a figure that could help him. And she taught him how to have dignity in the face of everything that that he thought he did not have. You can take everything from me, but you can't take away my dignity. And so uh, I wonder, is there a shout for anybody who can remember the days of old when we learned from our elders, when they chastised us and we got, we're here where we are today because of the that thing, that chastisement that we got. And we listened to them and listened to their stories and listened to them tell us that we were better than what we were doing. And how many of us really did better? And so I wonder, is there anybody here that could not be a robber or can be, just be a Roger and thank God and say thank you? That's all I got for a praise break moment. Uh, I pray that we just recall the times that we have not told God thank you and, and have uh, walked past him or walked around like we did it ourselves and we can give God glory. All right. Uh, the freedom... A free series from Pastor Jason is still going on, and we are in Exodus chapter three now. So please join us on Wednesday, and we will uh, continue this work. Uh, so Exodus chapter three, one through uh, verses one through ten, uh, goes on to when Moses uh, sees the burning bush. So I, I'm not going to jump into uh, that entire scripture because I, I want you to go back and reference it. Exodus Exodus three, one through ten. But what I would like to do is give you a scripture to walk into this week that is in regards to that text. OK, so you're going to have to write this one down. And that is Acts chapter seven, verses thirty three through thirty five. Yeah, there's Exodus in Acts. Yes. So when Stephen uh, and I'll get to the text and kind of treat it a little bit so that you have an understanding of it. But uh, Stephen, uh, when he begins his uh ministry, he has to make an account. He goes back and makes a reference to the life of Moses. And in Acts chapter seven, beginning at the 33rd verse, it's just three verses. I want to read those for your hearing today and help walk us into this week. And you will find that these three verses 
mirror those verses out of Exodus 3 that we're already in. This is an additional scripture for you. It says, then the Lord said to him, take off your sandals for you are standing on holy ground. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and have come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. So God sent back the same man his people had previously rejected when they demanded, who made you a ruler and judge over us? Though the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, through the angel who appeared to him in the burning bush, God sent Moses to be their ruler and savior. So if I'd like to use this key verse from that text, uh, Acts 7 and 30, verse 34, and it's the exact same verses out of Exodus 3, 7 and 8. And it was these words, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their groans and I've come down to rescue them. Now go, for I am sending you back to Egypt. And so for a few moments, I'd like to just talk and walk this Monday uh, into this Monday night live with this thought in mind. I'm in the ICU. I'm in the ICU. There are phrases, statements, and locations that we have known and learned for years that once uh, viewed through the different lens, uh, we see an entirely new meaning of the visual. Today is no different. In healthcare, there is a location that one may find themselves in if they have one. They either had surgery or prior to surgery, they are so ill that they need care at another level than the norm. This location is called the intensive care unit, also known as ICU. In ICU, you will have the best instruments, best nurses and doctors, 24 hour in-person care. Yes, you could find yourself if you should find yourself in ICU, let's be clear, it's serious. It means that your health is in jeopardy, but it also is as serious that your care should be at the top tier for your recovery. Uh, put on your spiritual glasses and you can see that God's people mm -hmm, somehow always seem to also sometimes remain in intensive care. Yes, these feeble bodies are under attack in this life from the day we are born. And God has always provided the best care, even though we recovered and never provided the best praise. Oh, let me pause right there. Uh, uh, yeah, God has always provided the most intensive care of his people. But let's be clear, once we recover, we have not always provided the best praise. Yeah, we make it out and we forget all the instruments alarming and alerting our movements. Uh, those he sent to check on our pulse to live and move 24 hours a day. And we forget the line of IV that came from on high that flushed our veins with the ability to make it from sick to well, from slave to free, from single to married, from married to single out of a bad relationship, from unemployed to gainfully employed, 
from low on the ladder to the top of the ladder. And when we make it out, where is the praise at? Knowing that without help, you would have died right where you are and not made it. Do you see that the intensive care that have came our way has only been through a God who loves us intensely? He loves us so much that he is going to give us the very best. And he loves us so much that he sent us the very best. He loves the children of Israel so much that he sent the best that he could, the one that he had called out, the one that he drew out, the one that he trained. And even though it looked like Moses was on, on a run for his life, God was somehow preparing him for his people. Let's look at the text. In this particular text out of Acts, the high priest invited Stephen to explain himself in light of accusations that were recorded a chapter earlier. Stephen was accused of speaking blasphemous words against Moses and God and against the holy temple and the law. Additionally, they accused him of saying that Jesus would destroy both the temple and the customs delivered by Moses. They didn't understand what he was saying. And so Stephen is on trial and he quotes Exodus almost word for word. Sermonically, he retells the scripture today. And what does he say that sums it up for us? He says these three things and I'll come to a close. He says, God sees, God hears, and God's on the way. If I got any word for somebody today, I need somebody to get this in their spirit, wherever you may be, that God sees, God hears, and God is on the way. First, God sees. I don't know where you are in your life right now. I don't know what has happened to you where you think nobody's looking your way. I know that it looks like you're all by yourself. Certainly, I've been there. You're looking around and you can't find a friend to the left or to the right. You look around and you can't find family. Matter of fact, for me, most of my family have died off. But do you know that God still sees you? He still knows exactly where you are. He still got eyes on your situation. He still knows exactly where you're headed. He still is orchestrating the, 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 the ponds and the rooks on your chessboard of your life. And he still maneuvering things to make sure that there's a checkmate in your future. Is there anybody that can give a shout to the fact that God sees you? I want you to give a shout even if you can't see it, because I wonder, can you praise him? Can you give him a worship in advance, even though you can't see him? God sees. He says that I've seen. He says in the verse, I've seen the people. I've seen their heartbreak. I've seen their situation. I've seen their oppression. God sees you. Then the next thing he says in that verse is I have heard their groans. <laughs> I have heard their groans. God hears you. Have you ever been in a place where you didn't think anybody heard you? I mean, you could talk to people. But a lot of times when you talk to people, have you ever talked to folk that when you're trying to tell them what's going on with you 
they find something about what's going on with them and they just want to share that. They can't just listen to what's going on with you. They got to interject what's going on with them. I mean, you ask me how I'm doing. I tell you how I'm doing. And then you come in with how you doing and how you've been going through it. No, no. I'm so glad that God ain't like that. He hears us. He said, I've heard your groans. I've heard you crying in the midnight. I've heard you when you didn't think anybody heard you. I've heard you even in the times where you thought I didn't hear you say, God, you ain't with me. Oh, I heard you. I heard what you said. I heard I heard you, you where you say you were. I heard what you thought couldn't be done. I heard you say what you thought might have been impossible. I heard you say you didn't think I was nowhere around, but I heard your groans. He says, I heard your groans. And I can shout to the fact that God has heard my groans in my lifetime. I've had some times in my life where I thought nobody heard me crying when nobody was, was looking at me. I'm so glad that God heard my groans and came to my rescue. Very last thing, and this is this shouts us to the end, is after he says, I see you. I have certainly seen the oppression of my people. I heard their groans. Third thing he says, I'm on the way. He says, I've come down to rescue them. Now, I, 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 I can shout to that because not only did he send Moses to come down, but he also sent Jesus to come down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. God's on the way. All I need to tell somebody is wherever you are, What's ever going on, God sees you, he hears you, he's on the way. No matter where you are on the, on the roadside of this life, it may seem like you're broken down and you ain't got the engine to start nor move, no wheels to go, flat tires all over the place and you can't get to your next destination. I need somebody to know that God is on the way. He's on the way. He's on the way quicker than right now. And before we can say yesterday and tomorrow, he's on the way. He's headed to where you are. God is on the way. And in this text, we know he's on the way because he's preparing Moses. He says, I sing, I sing what they're going through. I heard how they're grumbling and moaning because of their pain. I'm sending you to go. God is on the way. God sees you. God hears you. God is on the way. And we know what happens next. Even out of this, Moses, he sends Moses to go. We know the rest of the story that eventually he frees the people. We ain't got there yet. But the fact that God loved them so much that he sent the best shouts us to Jesus. God loved us so much. He couldn't leave us uh, to, to burn in a, in, a, in a dying hell. He sent Jesus so that the bridge that was broken can be brought back together for eternal life and life with him through Jesus Christ. Let me close. Just as uh, God sees you, and we know that he sent Moses, we know that he sent Jesus. Now that we're looking to Jesus, we know that the son sees you. Yeah, yeah. The son sees you because the son seen the father. Let me help you. 
there is this, and I've used this close before, but let me give it to you again because I feel like it fits the it fits this moment. Uh, there was a, a scene from the 1975 movie Jaws. Roy Schneider is the constable, the sheriff, and uh, he's been out trying to to figure out why all these killings are happening in the water. And of course, he believes there's a shark, but nobody believes him that there's a shark. And in the middle of his trouble, in the middle of his, his grief, because he doesn't know what to do, in the middle of his, his moaning, he's having dinner. And he's at the dinner table and he's lost in thought over the problems of the killer shark that's terrorizing the waters. And suddenly he looks out the corner of his eye and he realizes that there is this small boy that is copying his every move. He puts his elbow up and the little boy puts his elbow up. He, he touches, he notices what's going on. So he pretends to not have noticed but he sees that the young boy, his son, has seen every move and he's copying him. And so he noticed. So in the touching scene, the boy's intent is to mimic the dad. And, and, and really it is to draw the dad's troubles away and to steal his father's heart. And then the son, the father looks at the son and he begins to mimic. And they have this little game of mimicking one another. The father looking like the son, the son acting like what he saw from the father. And we have this thing going on that should be how our life should be. As we look to Jesus, as we look to Jesus who looks to the Father, we should mimic how he lived. We should mimic who he is. We should mimic the things that he's told us and how we should mimic. The Holy Spirit should help us every day model ourselves and mimic after him. Jesus sees you. And we see Jesus. While you're troubled and in trouble, he's beside us. Every move of our life, he's watching and he's there. Every move of our life, he's there with us, showing us and guiding us and leading us. And this is Moses. This is the children of Israel in this text. And this is also Stephen in Acts text that I just shared with you, who after reading this in court, he goes to die. But he's not only coming out of being in ICU, he can say to all who know him, to God, I see you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're in the ICU. God sees us and we see him in all of his glory, in all of his splendor, in all of his majesty. I see you. God, I see you everywhere. I see you in my life in the morning when I wake up and, and I open my eyes to a day I've never seen and I'll never see again. I see you. And God is saying to us as his children, I see you. Yeah, I know what you're going through and I know what you're going to go through. And I'll always be here to help you along the way. And one day, even if it's at the point where Stephen is, even though he may not have ended in intensive care, I'm so glad he always had intensive care. God sees you. I'm in the ICU and you are too. That's all I got for you today. I pray that that was brief word was for somebody. 
Let me go to the chat. I'm in the ICU. I'm in the ICU. Put that in the chat for me. I'm in the ICU. Yeah, yeah. I see you, God. I see you. I see how you've moved, ways you've made, promises you've kept. Amen. I see sister, my sister Leslie. God bless you, Sister Williams, Sister Batiste. God bless y'all. I see you. I see those who've come in. I see my wife. Hey, honey. Bless you. All right. Well, it's President's Day. I, I feel it fitting that we close in a word of prayer as we have the looming election. Doesn't matter who's in office. Uh, doesn't matter who thinks they're in charge. For those of us who know and believe who sees us, we know that God's in charge. But we do pray that God would move for our country, uh, even in the midst of whoever comes into office. Doesn't matter what they what they uh, institute or the wrong they do and or the right they do. Uh, we are praying that God would even influence our enemies, and we know that He can. So even if the wrong person gets in office, we pray that God would somehow intervene and make the wrong do right. Let's pray. God in heaven, we come to you this day, God, thanking you for this day, thanking you for being a God who sees us, God who hears us, God who's on the way. God, you've always come to our rescue, and we want to say thank you. Thank you, God, that even as we celebrate this month and all it means, you've always made ways sent servants, sent voices, sent people ahead of us to show us the way and to lead us to where we are today. And God, we stand grateful. God, this day also commemorates President's Day. So God, we know there have been many presidents that have come and gone. And there are some who are preparing to be on the way. We pray for the president that is in office right now and his leadership. And we pray for whoever the next president is and their leadership. We pray that you would intervene. We pray that even uh, those with evil in their hearts will be influenced by you uh, because your people demanded so. So God, we pray that you would walk us into this week and continue to be with us and stand with us as we continue to study your word. Bless your people. I know not their need, but I know everyone has a need. Touch them at their point of need as only you can. There are the sick among us. There are the bereaved among us. There are the destitute among us. There are those hurting among us. God, we know that you see. We know that you hear. And we know that you're on the way. Give us the patience to wait for you. Give us the patience to praise you, even when we can't see you. We can praise you now. So God, we thank you and we bless you this night. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I see the NEICUs. Amen. 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 And like I said in the beginning, may we never look at that the same. Yeah, it's intensive care, but God has us in intensive care as well. And, and in intensive care, like I said, you do get the best care. God's care is best. God bless y'all. Talk to you later.